have you ever felt trapped by your life and a really insatiable urge to color outside the lines and go out on your own and find out what more is possible? Maybe step out of that competency and step into the genius zone? Well, today's guest, Shan Vanderleek, is a multi passionate entrepreneur, an award winning podcaster, and a best selling author. And she's here to encourage you to do just that. Join us. Soul Nectar Show. The Soul Nectar Show. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. So join us on this beautiful journey. Soul Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, the great mystery beyond the veil, those synchronistic moments that lead us to an understanding of something greater than maybe these physical bodies reveal. And I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird. I love having these conversations. I love bringing on new guests every week to explore, expand, realize, have insights, uh, embody frequencies, whatever it might be for that episode. And I'm so excited to see what it's going to unfold for us today. Today, I have my friend, uh, Shan Vanderleek with us. Welcome, Shan. Hey, Carrie. Thanks for the invitation. So glad you're here. I'll tell you a little bit about Shan. Shan is a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I love that, multi-passionate. An award-winning podcaster, best-selling author, podcast coach, and voiceover talent. She loves to mentor women to walk in beauty, amplify their voice, and reclaim their feminine sovereignty with her popular This Sacred Life podcast and signature offerings. And of course, I've been on the This Sacred Life podcast. I'll put a link to that episode in the show notes. Shan lives with her husband in the village of Sutton's Bay, Michigan, just minutes away from Lake Michigan and the Sleeping Bear Dunes National Lakeshore. And of course, you can visit her at transformationgoddess.com where women gather for a soulful, sensual, and sacred exploration. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Here we are together, Shan, on the Soul Nectar (laughs) Show podcast around the campfire. Yes, it's been a long time coming, that's for sure. Yes. Yeah. Look forward to our conversation, whatever may come. Whatever comes, we, you know, we're open. So uh, tell us a little something about yourself and your, you know, what we love to explore in this podcast is, uh, you know, how, how did you find that door? You know, how did that door start to open for you into this potential that you're living right now? I would say that the birth of my daughter was the, definitely the gateway because prior to her birth and my birth, I was uh, living a very different lifestyle, very corporate lifestyle, very high level position as a director of sales in the television industry for 20 years and absolutely loved that work. It has brought so much to my life. And then I was absolutely ready to leave it behind when I realized how much I needed to give back to myself and give back to my daughter and my family versus what I was giving in that position, in in that very stressful, very demanding space. And so there was this moment around the boardroom table where it had been storming 
outside where there's just windows all around this beautiful room and it had been storming all day and it was a pretty tough conversation this was i don't remember what year it doesn't matter but there was a what i say a regime change <laughs> and the job that i had that gave me so much flexibility and freedom was now being managed by an accountant who had a very different idea about things and very much uh, putting a microscope over every move and i'm not a person who does well with that kind of scrutiny and anyway around the boardroom table everybody is has their backs to the window somehow i'm the only one facing the window the seat next to me is empty and all of the stuff is going down and i'm just thinking oh you know i can't even it what what like i need to get out of here and at that moment a rainbow came through the the clouds out the window that only I could see <laughs> it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, it was, that was the shit, the beginning of the, the real shift there. And, and certainly it took a little bit of, of time to, to move, but not that much. And so the, uh, the signs were there, my, my lovely daughter, the birth of my lovely daughter. And now I'm so grateful to be in front of you now, almost 15 years later, having been, uh, available to do my own thing, to raise her, to be in a space of more freedom and spaciousness and creativity and yay, best choice I ever made. So awesome. I love that. It really echoes how I felt working in high tech for 20 years. And it was like, I had my kids and I thought, I can't like actually stand this too much longer. Luckily for me, I was a consultant. So I had a little distance from the office politics stuff, but boy working. Yeah. I think, I think I managed to last two years as a corporate employee, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I just was not made for that. So, but a lot of people do that, right? Like a lot of people think that's like the dream of their life is that they're in, that that's the way you live, that you go to this corporate job that pays your insurance and pays your bills and you work crazy long hours. And then you get like this stipend of a paycheck that keeps you going until the next paycheck. Yeah. And and luckily in, in my situation, I was making fat stacks of cash. Fat stacks of cash are nice. Fat stacks of cash for many, many years. And so I had a lifestyle I had expense accounts. I had world travel. I had a lot of abundance in the material world because of that, because of the the space and the position and the the leadership that I was in. So I will say that it was the best decision. It was also the toughest decision I ever made because I did for almost that whole time had very much freedom because I was in sales, even though I was the director of sales. There was much more, just like you being a consultant, much more availability to travel, to do, to be where I I needed to be without too many people wondering where I was as long as I was making the money, getting the job done. So I think it would have been easier to leave had it been paycheck to paycheck, easier to leave had it been a little bit harder to stay, you know, in that space. Because at that time, that, that lifestyle took a took a while to create. And certainly I didn't want to unravel it overnight. So I straddled two worlds for a while before going out on my own. You know, it's funny that you said it might be easier to leave a paycheck to paycheck. I actually feel like you and I had a similar experience in the 
entrepreneurial mindset. Cause if you're a salesperson, you just got to have that entrepreneurial mindset. Like Absolutely. I'm just going to make this happen. I don't know how, right. but it's just going to, I'm going to stumble into an opportunity and the whole thing is going to be fine. <laughs> I had that idea. I had that attitude because it worked that way for me. Like I was really good at what I did. So, you know, I, I had a proficiency with it and I was quick and, and good. And it was like done the first draft, second draft, maybe. So it was like, yeah, all right, let's yeah. hire Carrie. So whenever I, I would put a few emails out, you know, whenever I was getting close to the end of a contract and be like, oh, my contract's ending. And before I knew it, bam, three more contracts, you know? Sure, sure. So that shift, yeah. So the, I love you're talking about the lucrativeness, right? The lucrativeness of doing the job that doesn't exactly excite you, but you're really good at. It's your your competency, but not your passion or your genius. Then, because I, I love this taking the leap metaphors, that book, Taking the Leap, the Gay Hendricks. I love that. Courtney, just because you're competent at it doesn't mean you keep doing it because right. there's a genius beyond. Yeah, the zone of genius. And it's the fact that you bring up that book that I originally read 10 years ago, I just listened to it <laughs> less, than, space. less than a month ago. I listened to it again and I have on my desk and I will prove it. Every day I expand my abundance, love and success and I inspire people around me to do the same. That has been in one office or another from that book since reading the book the first time. It's What's amazing to me is how <laughs> once, you, once you've realized it, like when I say realize it, I mean... Once you touch the sacred, for me also the birth of my children, although I was also an artist, so I was touching the sacred with my artwork like every week from college. So there was already something awakened me, but then my baby, it was like, mm -hmm. I, I started getting more and more and more dissatisfied with this corporate thing. Like, who cares? I had this right, attitude. Right. <laughs> I would go to work and I'd be like, who cares about this widget? Yeah, Nobody cares important anymore. And everyone's arguing over it all day long. And like, it should be this way. And it should be that and we have to put this in. And we have to put that in and no, this is the best way to program it. And this is, and then like all these endless debates and arguments all day long. And I'm like, nobody cares about this thing. And oh, if they yeah. do, it's like, it's short lived. Like who cares? This is not like, are you going to remember this on your deathbed? <laughs> like, right. I spent hours arguing in development meetings about this widget. I remember thinking I'm, I'm not anymore. I'm not willing anymore to jump through flaming circus hoops for a paycheck. That's kind of where I got. And, and I got very, I had to find the humor in it. I found a lot of humor towards the end, thanks to a, a very good friend that reminded me how funny some of the, of what was going on toward the end. Th you know, what the changes that happened actually made it easier for me to go. Had, had things remained with the structure where they were, it was so easy for me. But I wasn't even anywhere near my zone of genius because I didn't really have to. I just, all I had to do is show up mostly, right? And get it done. Show up and so, wink and swish. Show up and yeah, show, <laughs> show up and do the thing that, and so the, the, um, I was talking with my financial planner about, I think it was maybe 18 months, two years into my new role running my own business. And I told her, I said, you know what, what shocks me the most is how arrogant I was that I could just roll out of that world into this world and replicate everything that I had created over 20 years. And we had a good laugh about that. Oh yeah, sister. I feel you on that one. Me too. Oh, yeah. Me too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's humbling, isn't it? It's humbling. Oh. And what was really humbling for me was the up ramp on this particular like business. You know, there's one thing about 
having a sense of people or an idea about people and being a self-starter and a motivator and, and going like, I can share that gift with somebody. And there's another thing about really understanding people. Like <laughs> it actually takes quite a bit of practice and yeah. training to yeah. really understand people enough to help them. Yeah, it really does. I felt really great to uh, come from a, a managerial role into a coaching role. So I went right into coaching right after got my certification and thought that that's what I was going to do. And for a while I did, I helped women like me uh, release their golden handcuffs and start their own ventures. And that, that was really, really fun. But at the same time, I also loved how I just have been able to just let things roll and flow and release what needs to be released and let what's coming in, come in. And it's not that it's all ease and grace because it's not, but to watch how everything has changed and morphed and become and just followed where I needed to go without me feeling like I need to do this thing. This is the thing that I do because <laughs> I'd already done that. And that's why you read that multi-passionate entrepreneur. There are many things that I'm doing. There are many businesses that I'm a part of, and that's how I operate best. And it doesn't fit that linear space at all. And people will say, well, pick one thing. Like I would be bored out of my mind if I picked one thing. I can't pick one thing. I won't. Yeah. I think that whole idea of um, falling asleep at the wheel, like pick one thing so you can become an expert at it and you could just sort of drive, like you're driving a car. You just, all of a sudden you're through the end of your day and you don't even know what happened. Right. How did I get there? Like, oh, cool. It's time for my margarita now. And I'm just going to do that until I fall asleep and then wake up the next morning, do the whole thing again. That construct is not fulfilling for me anyway. I, you know, and this is what, this is the, the, that's so funny we're saying this because last night and, um, or yes, the other day in my um, sacred circle for healing the mother wounds, I, that I'm often channeling things like I channel the insight that's needed for the space. And the insight was there's this idea that it would be so great if life was just so easy and you just got everything you wanted and then you could just go drink Mai Tais on the beach or Chi Chi's if you like those. And you know, that was it your whole life. Like you didn't have to actually do anything. And I said, but who would, I mean, really explore yourself. Would you actually enjoy that? Because I think it's much more like we enjoy the challenge. We enjoy the puzzle. We enjoy the, you know, the mystery. We enjoy the unfolding. We actually like the challenge. Let's be honest. Yes, without question. (laughs) So, I mean, that gets around to so much of the conversation, you know, like the victim consciousness says, I don't want a challenge. The victim consciousness says, don't make me work hard. You know, it says, oh, poor me, you know, but there's a bigger part of us, isn't there? That's, that's like, I came here for the challenge. I came here for the puzzle. I came here for sovereignty. I came here to find myself through the the middle of that gap between what I, I wanted and what I got. Without question. And we owe it to ourselves to figure out what that is. And it, yeah, it might be challenging on occasion, but it's so much more valuable to your experience while you're walking on earth to allow yourself color outside of the lines, to allow yourself to make big decisions and to take risks and to do the things that light you up and not to wait another five years or 10 years, the 10-year plan, the retirement plan, the whatever the plan is, right? To get busy with it, even if it's a little piece of it, 
get started, explore, light yourself up. Yeah. Light yourself and trust yourself. You know, there's a big piece about trusting yourself and not stepping over anything. Like, Mm. (laughs) Like if it's not exactly what you're wanting, so many times we say, oh, well, it's almost there. So I'll just settle, settle. And I realized that settling doesn't feel good either. It's like a self-betrayal. It is. It is a self-betrayal because why would you settle? To people please? To not create any waves? To, I don't know, what excuse do you want to make up? To settle? I don't settle. <laughs> you know, and it seems really petty. Okay. Like, like for yeah, example, it, can. Sure. it seems petty. This morning it was a little petty because, um, you know, we're getting ready to go out of town. We're on a self-free diet right now. And I didn't, I didn't, I wanted pancakes. I learned, I figured out how to make these pancakes that are salt-free, like with uh, oatmeal flour is that salt-free. And I made my own like uh, cashew nut milk. And yeah. I did it the last time I was on this diet. And I was, I was so good. And I wanted that taste this morning. Like I wanted to taste that. And my husband got in the kitchen first and he started cooking breakfast. And the whole stove, you know, he's got the whole chef thing going on in the kitchen. There's no room for me to do that. And I got a meeting in like 20 minutes. So I'm like, okay. So I went and had my meeting and I just gave up. I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to cook it right now. So I went and had my meeting and he very sweetly brought me the breakfast he cooked. I didn't want it. For a moment, I sat there and I was like, oh, this is ridiculous to waste food over this. Like I had all these judgments, like, this is stupid. I'm going to like waste this food. How wasteful just because you feel like, and I sat there and I said, no, what does Carrie want? And Carrie wants those pancakes. I said, well, guess I'm going to make the pancakes. So as soon as I got off my call, I made the pancakes before I came on here and they tasted delicious. I had all the little sweet pancakes and I put butter on it, put the syrup, I put these little berries on top. And I was like, oh, it was so exactly what I wanted. What you wanted, yeah. And I'm glad. And I left the other plate on the counter with a little note that said, I'm, I so appreciate you cooking this for me. It's so thoughtful. And I told you I wanted the pancakes and I really do want them. So I made them instead and I'm honoring myself and I honor you for making me this. So it was like, I didn't want to just put it in the trash. Sure. Of course. Of course. Cause like he made it, you know? So yeah, he was very thoughtful and considerate. So, but you know, and I have similar stories with my husband as, as well. He's so thoughtful and considerate and kind and always does nice things for me. And sometimes doesn't hear me when I tell him what I want. And he just wants to be kind doing what he's doing. And then like your breakfast, bring me some. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I love that you bring that forward because it's something that uh, even, well, a couple of things come up. I think I would have handled it the same way you did with the pancakes for sure. And being as honoring as I could, because that was so super cool of him. The other thing is even the the smallest things like going to the grocery store to pick up X, Y, and Z, whatever that is. And then coming back with something totally different or something, you know, that, that where you can't follow through with that recipe or you can't follow through with whatever it is you need. And at the same time, somebody was kind enough to do the errand for you. And so I'm also balancing that is like saying thank you for bringing me the honey crisp apples even though I really wanted the pink ladies you know <laughs> yeah exactly or, or whatever because that was so kind of oh. you to do. and if I'm and if I'm picking at you about what you bring me or if I you're not going to bring me anything 
because it's going to feel like you've done something wrong or, or whatever. So it's this interesting dance that we do in our relationships and wherever we are about, about balancing what it is we really want, not settling, figuring out what is settling, what isn't, what is acceptable, what isn't, and how we roll through that. Because you could have just been like, oh, I can't believe he made me breakfast, you know, and then put a wrap on it and stuck it in their fridge or really been irritated by it or just eaten it, accepted it. And it wasn't that kind. It was so many I thought about that. Made, right. Seriously. So you could have made like now, see, now I've realized though, that whenever I'm ingesting something, I need to eat only that which calls me. Because if I eat something that's healthy, but doesn't call me, it won't be healthy for me. So I was like, oh man, how do I, I took actually one bite of the eggs and they didn't taste good for me at the moment. His eggs taste great. But this morning I was like, Mm-mm. it's not what your body nope. wanted. And I could just feel my little girl inside going, that's not what I asked for. I, I don't want that. You know, like. And like, I have to listen to her, like to some degree, like there's so many things she's got to go along with me on that. Like, this is one simple thing. I think I can make her pancakes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. She wants some pancakes. I will make you the pancakes with the berries. She got her heart set on it. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do it for you. Honor yourself. Years ago, I would have just stepped over it. Of course. I would have been like, well, I guess I just have to eat this. And then I, because I don't want to waste food and I don't want to, you know, be a bad person for like not eating right. the food that was made. And then so I just eat it. Right. But yeah. I did that for 20 years in my last relationship and it ended not well. So right. I'm trying to do it differently. To, to ask for what you need. And, and if you don't receive it to make it happen on your own. Right. Sometimes it just seems so small and petty. Like, it's like, <laughs> really? But like in the moment, I was like, this is really true. This is. is so, and my body responded. As soon as I took the bites of pancake, I was like, oh, like I have had this joy come in. Like, I was like, this is great. I yeah. love this with the berries <laughs> and the syrup and the butter. And I was so excited. <laughs> it's so important to listen to ourselves. And I think as women, we've gotten so used to twisting up in pretzel knots to please other people. Oh, sure. Think about the the number of times you can say, I'm sorry, when there's really nothing to be sorry for, or there's nothing that you've done that has anything like the word, the intention has absolutely nothing to do with you. Why are you sorry? Hmm. (laughs) Wow. I mean, we could dig into that a lot because you see, you see that happen with the martyrdom and, you know, wanting everything to be just so wanting everybody to be happy. And again, back to that people pleasing place. And, and so I invite our listeners to really think before that sorry comes out, really think before settling, really think about these, how does it feel in your heart? You know, it's suddenly, I'm so glad you said that, Shan, because at some level I realized it's almost like I was apologizing for my existence. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm How dare I want that? Yeah. And I'm so sorry. I'm next to you breathing, you know, yeah. it's bothering yeah, yeah. you that I'm Taking breathing. up space. <laughs> yeah. Speaking my truth. Lord knows, speaking my truth. Being too intense. How many times have I heard that? Not for my husband, but being too intense. <laughs> being too intense and too being intense. too much and too emotional too and too, too sensitive. Just like the apple conversation you just yeah. said, you know, it's kind of like, well, somebody might look at you and say, they're all apples. And you'd say, you know? no. 
And see, this is because the feminine is clued into the nuance. Of course. Well, take it back to hunter-gatherer. If we didn't gather the right berries, we'd kill our family. You know, we, like we know, <laughs> we know where the patch is that's safe to eat. We know it's the same thing with the apples. There are how many? So many. If I wanted apples, I would have said, hey, pick up some apples. But no, I said, pick up some pink lady apples. It's just how we are. We're not annoying. That doesn't make us too picky or not grateful or any of those things. It makes us, if we know what we want, let's celebrate that. Yeah. And the gift that it is to know the nuance because Mm. the recipe will taste vastly different with pink lady apples than with green tart apples. Right. Like it's not the same recipe. You have to have the right flavor to make it all balance, you know, but like, this is a thing of the divine feminine. We know this, we got it running through our bodies and we're sensitive to the nuances and it's super like refined. So it can be a little bit like the princess in the pea, you know, like, like that pea is 15, 15 mattresses down. Right. I can feel it. Like mm-hmm. I'm, if I walk into a room and there's stinky energy, I'm like, Ooh, Ooh, yeah. Ooh something's going on in here. So I've had to actually learn how to not shy away from that. Like the converse, yes. like I've had to learn to get my strength and my power, how to like lean into the discomfort of like, Oh, this is an area that's not pleasant for me. And I'm going to hang out here and let it transmute. Right. Right. Let it in, let it pass right through you. Let it in, let it pass right through you. It's that, so it's like, it's like double, like you got so much awareness and so many nuances and refinements. And like, you're just aware of so many little tiny details that can make you aware of how like obnoxious something is. (laughs) And yet we also need, you know, we have this gift of being able to transmute that and be in the energy of that and let it expand and hold space like this big grandma tree. So it's like, that's to me is so potent. To be so aware and to be so capable of holding space for it. Yeah, without question. And to also know when what you step into is none of your business. That's been big for me. Woo, let's talk about that one. Well, because of the, I mean, you already know the answer, of course, but because of (laughs) that knowing, because of what, whether you call it psychic, whether you call it intuitive being, whatever it is, We'll pick up on, we'll see things. I'll do that with my daughter, with my husband, or with my mother this weekend that are showing up that they didn't invite me to look at, but Mm. I can see. And so I need to be, and and I work on this. This is not something that's very easy for me because I still have that part of me that wants to make it all better or to to know that, oh my gosh, you know, have, have you considered doing X, Y, and Z? I found it to be La, 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 la. Well, they didn't ask, right? (laughs) They might be masking something that they really don't want to bring forward Mm -hmm. right now that I see. And so I have to be very respectful of that. I remember many years ago, it's probably, I don't even know how many, at least, at least 15, 20 years ago, I was at this event and this woman walked up to me and we were talking and her friend joined her and she stopped and she looked at me and she said, well, I can see that um, you have daddy issues and then there's something else that came up and some, the only one that stuck was the the daddy. Oh yeah, after you say that, nothing else is heard. Right, nothing, it was like, and, and at the time I was just floored because I thought, well, that is so inappropriate. And, and it was, 
I didn't really know what to do with it. And I sat with it and I shared with a friend and she's like, you know, that was not okay. She jumped right in and she didn't have permission and it's not okay. And so I did let her know. I did reach out and let her know that was not okay. I addressed it and, and moved on from it. But it was one of those things where like, uh, uh-uh, you don't get to do that. You can do whatever you want in your mind. You know, if you see something and, but you didn't have permission, that's not okay. Yeah. How did it feel when you went back to her and, and cleared the air with that? Very empowering. And she was mortified. So, she probably didn't realize how much of a boundary she crossed. Yeah, she didn't. Cause she was very much in a space that it was really interesting because she was, she was in a, a space of ego beyond measure, but also in a space of being very, very, very connected, you know, without question. Right. But it was very important for her to talk about the so many hours of meditation and this and that, and all of the things and that made her the guru, the whatever, the whatever. And, and I'm not, I don't care. Like, okay, you know, good for you. <laughs> you don't, you have nothing to prove to me. I'm going to check out your energy and determine whether or not we want to play together or not in the future or what, what have you. And so her energy came off is much more, I guess, much more ego than what really she meant to do. Like she didn't mean to come off that. That was her armor. That was her, you know, so now I can look at it and go, oh, okay. All of that makes sense. But in the time, in that time, I wasn't doing this work. So it was, it was easily 20 years ago or, or more. And so I was just floored by how heavy and sticky and how I, I had to address it. And, uh, and so I'm really grateful that I did. Yeah. It's really empowering. I think this is a major thing that is within between women is the, to practice non-intrusiveness. It's like what a major thing we could be learning. And I, I study with some coaches that this is like the fundamental rule in the environment, in the community is no intrusiveness. So it's like, you know, you're not trying to fix anybody. You're not trying to offer solutions even if you have like a bucket load of them. And it's just about being present with the person and listening and empathizing, period. And I've had, I've been in training a little bit there for leadership. So I've been learning about how to offer reflections that right. are respectful. Yes. May I reflect something <laughs> back to you? Yes, you ask permission. You ask permission, absolutely. And then I always try to use the person's words, like exactly what they said, which I, at first, when I started practicing, I would digest what they said and then put my own words back, which I thought was being respectful. Cause like I heard you, cause I was actually taught along the way to do that somewhere. Like the respectful thing to do is to listen to what they said, put it through your filter and put it back in different words. So that you prove that you heard them, but that actually serves. It's not, it's not as satisfying as giving them back exactly the words that they spoke is way more satisfying. And so I'm having a, I've been unlearning that previous pattern to do what's actually more beneficial, which is to tell people exactly, I heard you said that, that these specific words and I felt you feeling this specific thing. How does that feel for you? And then to ask, how does that land for you? Yeah, how does that resonate? Yes. And then get the feedback, you know? <laughs> it's like, cause you don't know how it landed. I mean, I can't tell you, Shan, you know, when I start, when my, when I started realizing, and this could be the same situation for that lady and anybody in the audience, like, so I totally get you when I started realizing that I wasn't broken, but I was gifted, because I'd been told for so many years, oh, you're broken. You've got this diagnosis. Here's some pills, you know, be more acceptable by pilling yourself out, please. I just like 
when I found out that I was a gift, oh, I wanted to be the expert, right? My compensatory aspect came forward. Like I am the expert. I know so many therapists and people who are in that spot right now. It's crazy when I see it because I've been there myself. So I know like what that feels like. I was like, well, I've arrived. So like, (laughs) you know, like I'm going to share with you the benefit of my wisdom because I'm a gift and I know I'm a gift now and I've arrived. Then I got past that part, (laughs) thankfully. But it took a little while, you know, there was a time when I was in that phase and I was sure I knew exactly how everyone should heal. And I, I really stepped on so many toes, especially like with my, my family going through various things that they were going through. And then I learned, oh, my path was my path. And parts of it might be relevant for others, but only if they ask and they're interested. Yeah. One of my closest friends has for years and years, I'm, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for her. She's been on this earth walk about 10 years lo- longer than I have. So that's the bonus in itself. And she'll just say, hey, you can bring anything you want to bring forward. But after that, you need to, no expectations, no attachments, no, nothing. Like there it is. There's the buffet. And you know, there's the egg breakfast. They'll either eat it or they'll make their own pancakes. <laughs> it's totally, that's it. That's it. I know, because I know my husband made those eggs with love. Like he put lots of love. He always puts love in them. And so I turned it down for my own pancakes. Yeah. Doesn't mean I don't love him. And that's, I think what I realized is that um, everybody has their own path. And it was like a pivotal moment. And I think this audience has heard me share the story. I'll just briefly say that my dad came down with a uh, leukemia, like a rare form of leukemia three, like actually it was like six years ago. And uh, we all thought he was, you know, we're all, terrified, you know, he's going to die or something. He did die three years ago, but not from that. But um, anyway, back then, six years ago, he was like, well, I'm going to, you know, everybody has to chart their own course. And I was just beginning my energy medicine path and I was getting so many amazing results. And I was like, this energy medicine thing, like it's definitely going to help you. And, you know, I had reasons to believe that. And my dad was like, I'm going with Western medical. Like I'm going to get chemo and all that, which I totally objected to. And so we had this period of time of not talking because I felt like they were judging me for my energy medicine path and they just thought it was weird and they didn't believe me. And they thought I was judging them for this, you know, Western medical path. And, you know, they were, my mom and my dad were deciding to do that. And so we, and at one point I I was with my spiritual mentor for an afternoon and I I had this exercise. The result was with, I, I realized, why am I wasting time judging my parents when my dad could be gone anytime now? Yeah, exactly. Like stop that. So I went over there that night and I just listened. And my dad at one point stops after about 30 minutes. He goes, I just realized that you haven't said a word and you're just listening. He's like, that is so great. Yeah. He said, I, this is my life. And in my life, you're a great leader, but in my life, you have to follow. And that was so powerful for me. Like I've never forgotten that. Yeah, great, great lesson. Delivered from a man I totally adore. Right, wow. <laughs> I always get for clumped. I bet. Oh. Yeah, well, you miss him. You always will. I always miss my dad. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so this beautiful way that, you know, as women, we can learn to dismantle these paradigms of like having to have all the answers and fix everything and tie it all up in a little pretty pink bow. And mm-hmm. we don't actually, we, we actually need to do something much harder, which is be with the mess. Yeah, be with the mess. The unpredictable, scary mess that doesn't do what you want. And to find humor in it, to find humor in the trickster. When I can do that, everything, it, it, my whole goal is to continue to be lighter. <laughs> you know? 
And so even in the mess, how can I be lighter? How can I find some humor in this? How can, uh, I was, that makes me think of being down at uh, University of Michigan Hospital with my mom and my stepfather. He had to have some surgery and I knew she needed me to come because there was just, she was not going to navigate that place. It's huge. And they were staying on site. And so anyway, we went and where am I going with this story? She wasn't getting around well. She had some issues with her hip, la, la, la. So we had her in a, <laughs> we had her in a wheelchair the whole time. She's never been in a wheelchair. I've never pushed a wheelchair. So believe me, when I tell you that I bounced off of a couple of the elevator falls, whoops, <laughs> whatever. But we also did some, you know, speeding down the hallway and cracking up and doing, trying to lighten up what was already a pretty heavy time and a very scary for her so that I was there. I, I was so happy to be there. You know, part of the, the initiation from mother to matriarch. And then this was like, boom, there I was in that role, having to advocate, look out for, for her, for him, what was going on and get the hell out of there and ground. And like, I laid like face down in the courtyard on the grass, like face down, I'm in back like, oh, because the energy in that place, uh, as much as they've done a beautiful job, you know, it's still an environment full of a lot of stress and worry and grief and hope and all just a lot. And finding the humor and finding the lightness and doing as much as we possibly could in that made it a lot easier to get through because we were there a long time. We were there for four nights and five days, long time to be on that campus. That's a lot. Yeah. My throat's tightening. I'm just thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. all the people that are sick. So, I mean, and they afraid, <sighs> right? I like losing on my jaw. Get me outside. <laughs> they can't back on mama earth where it feels nice. Just put me on the earth and let me die there. I mean, seriously, <laughs> I won't be cooped up. <laughs> Well, that's beautiful. And, uh, you know, so these are all really good. These are some of the things that you teach people then about um, relating as women to life in a new way. Yeah. And as I, as I navigate through my own new gateway and what that looks like and the responsibilities I have in my life right now, my husband and I have my mom and stepdad and his mom and stepdad all, all still alive, all uh, get getting up there and age and, and dealing with different issues and, and things and helping support them while we're still parents to our 20-year-old daughter who is figuring out her life in, at an art school in the middle of COVID on her own trying to, you know, what is this? This is not what I expected. Plus our own stuff, hormones coming and going and, yeah, you know, how I'm showing up to care for myself, how he's showing all that, you know, this life, this thing that we call life, we, we, we do the best we can with it, share as much as we possibly can to help as many as we possibly can navigate it with a little bit more ease, with a little bit more grace and joy and humor. Yes. A little bit better distance from the human drama. Right? Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. You know, it's like I was, I tell people a lot, like uh, what I realize is the more I can, I can be in touch with my soul self, then I can immerse back in this human experience more, even more deeply to feel it. 
in it all its preciousness because I'm not identifying as it. Like I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I am here experiencing it. And I, this isn't the totality of me. So it doesn't feel like it's going to like decimate me. It's just part of the experience I've chose to have. Right. And, and what a gift to be in that space that you are to see that and to feel that, to know that, to live and breathe it, to go on your adventures and and all of the all of the life changing, gorgeous transformation that you've done yourself and with others and in your leadership roles. It, how does it get any better than that? Well, I don't know, Shan. I mean, and I know that it, you only get there through going through that forest. You know, going through that dark forest, which I know you've got to gone through, leaving that nice fat check <laughs> environment paycheck to doing this kind of work for yourself. You know, it takes a while to ramp up to a good income, yeah. and it's a lot of faith you know, and through the process of that, there's so much growth too, because you realize what's really important. Oh yeah. And I will take spaciousness and freedom and creativity and uh, pretty much doing whatever the fuck I want over anything else forever (laughs) for the rest of my days on earth. I like it. That's a good reason to do it. (laughs) And so we go through pain detaching from, you know, the, uh, the matrix and we end up stronger. And we, you know, we learn how to, how to make better meals than whatever that liquid goo was that they were eating anyway. So I have a a quote to share this. Yeah, please. Right now you will become a graveyard of all the women you once were before you rise one morning, embraced by your own skin. You will swallow a thousand different names before you taste the meaning held within your own. Oh, wow. Right? That's gorgeous. And the author is Pavana. That, that's all I, all I know. That's the only uh, attribution I can give. But isn't that just something else? I, this morning, that just fell right out of the folder. I'm like, oh, well, this is what I have to share this today. I love that you shared that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. So, of course, you know, I'm going to be sharing your podcast with everybody. Thank you. And is there anything else you'd like to share um, as a way to get started with uh, your work? You know, right now I have a a gorgeous album of guided meditations that anybody can get if they want it. And that's at transformationgoddess.com. And it's for women who do too much because I do the voice work. uh, It's, it is my voice. So if you, if you like listening to me, you'll probably like the, the album. And it's also orchestrated by my partner, my anxiety slayer partner. She's an incredible musician. So it's very well done. Beautiful beautiful offering. It's free. It's yours. Um, Occasionally I get newsletters out. I used to do them more linearly, but not anymore. Is that even a word? And I do, of course, share when I have people like you on my show and and the wonderful women that I have the opportunity to share my time with. I've been at this podcasting now for over almost 12 years. (laughs) I've had the, I've had the benefit of talking to so many people. So I invite you to go to transformationgoddess.com. If you want to listen to the podcast, you can go to thissacredlifepodcast.com. Those would probably be the two places to start. Awesome. I will add that to the show notes. Is there any last bit of nugget of yum that you want to leave people with before we go? I think that I want you to remember that you have a choice. Every single moment, every 10 seconds, you have a choice to make your world what you want it to be, to treat yourself the way you deserve to be treated. 
it just starts with one choice and the rest will follow. Be sweet to yourself, be good to yourself and make those choices that light you up. Make those choices that light you up. I love that. Beautiful. Okay, you guys know what to do, everybody. Click like, click share iTunes, YouTube, wherever you found us, give us a rating, help us to get the engines to notice us and send it out to more people. And we're going to give you kisses. You want to help? I'm going to give everybody kisses now. Here they come, everybody. We love you. (laughs) We'll see you next week on Soul Nature Show, everybody. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar from the source of who you are. Yeah, yeah.